0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 17 of Between a Rock and a Cold One, a podcast for the people, by the people. Welcome back after a long two-week hiatus. Apologies for the delay, but I was uh, I was traveling the last uh, two weeks, one week for leisure, uh, one week for work, and... Both kind of came back with the same results, something that I already kind of uh, knew to be true, but just just found that I would uh, I'd really kind of drive the point home and confirm uh, entirely. I I don't like flying. I don't like flying at all, and I travel a fair amount uh, for work, for leisure, you know, just to jump bail uh, when things get too hot, but. I don't like flying at all. I don't like it. Uh, you know, it, the, the planes are too fucking tight. They pack you in there like cattle. Even if you upgrade to business class, it's still like you're, you're elbow to elbow with some overweight guy that's got hairy arms. And you, you spend 35 minutes trying to establish dominance in a turf war for like the armchair it's bad. It's so bad. I, I just can't, I can't do it. I couldn't imagine being, um, I couldn't imagine being, uh, an, a flight attendant. That sounds like a miserable life. And I know that so many people that well, not so many, but I know a handful of you know people that follow this podcast and, and follow me on social media. They are flight attendants. And I just want you to know, if you're listening to this, I'm still going to continue with what I have to say. Um, I mean I'm happy that you're happy in your role but I are you really happy I I don't know I hope so I sure fucking hope so because I couldn't imagine hopping on a plane and just like uprooting your entire life every week living out of a suitcase and you know flying into the you know, these airports and 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 eating fucking like uh you know, Jimmy Buffett's margaritaville burgers from terminal to terminal It's like Tom Hanks in the movie Terminal, but a little less rewarding with a lot more, uh, a lot more pretzels and those weird kind of, uh, biscuit cookies that you're supposed to dunk in the, in the coffee that they bring out. I couldn't do it. I couldn't be, I could not be a, um, I could not be a flight attendant, uh, mostly because I hate flying. I uh, hate turbulence. I, I can't stand it. It's uh, it's not that I can't stand it, but if I can avoid it, um, I will. So how you are going to just like sign up for just nonstop travel where the plane might just you know stop working? And I'm not saying that as being dramatic. Like it's a piece of machinery, and shit breaks all the time. All the fucking time. I mean, think about it. Think about any piece of machinery that you have ever operated, from uh, you know as small as like a, a, a electric pencil sharpener to you know, an automobile. How often does how often does the 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 battery not start in a car? And I know what you're gonna say, like, well, you know, it doesn't turn off while you're driving. That's not true. That's not true at all. I've actually been driving where the uh, engine block runs out of. F- Fluid that fuels that fuels the uh, uh, the 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 traction or the fucking you know, steering fluid, and the the car locked up entirely, and I crashed into a guardrail. It wasn't bad. It wasn't like a bad car crash. It wasn't like Paul Walker, you know, going around a bend in a fucking Porsche. But it's enough to make you a little like weary of the fact that machines, being human made or even being made by robots, are subject to flaws they just are okay so if you are going to volunteer like volunteer to get on this this man-made Aircraft that's gonna shuttle you twenty thousand feet in the air, and this is going to be your livelihood, where you bounce around from like here to there. You have to like, you have to. There's got to be something wrong with you. You have to have some sort of like mental disconnect where you now have recognized that you're plummeting from the sky into into hard, solid, compact earth is it's an occupational hazard just as you know going into an office makes you, you know, susceptible makes makes you vulnerable to, to a fucking postal office shooting. Both are on the same end of like the extreme scale. but it should be noted, and it should be pretty uh, it, it should be pretty clear that both happen all the fucking time, okay? I couldn't be a flight attendant because you have to be nice to people all day. You really have to be nice to people all day. And one thing that I will say that I'll give that I'll give flight attendants credit for is that they are super professional, right? They are I've only met very professional and very, very, you know, uh, friendly, very helpful and accommodating flight attendants. I only have good things to say about flight attendants in terms of, you know, the way that they present themselves on this gigantic metal death trap that they choose to fly on. I might not necessarily like agree with their decision to, you know, make a livelihood in such a just bizarre environment but i will give flight attendants a lot of credit it takes a lot to do that job it takes a lot to be friendly to someone all day that shit is like it's exhausting it's got to be exhausting and when you have people on on flights it, there are babies crying you know people need headphones somebody's complaining that their foot is on their side i i just imagine like the the first time that i ever you know, had to respond to one of those people hitting the, you know, the call flight attendant button, I would just give up. I would just open the fucking airlock and be like, you know what? Sorry. Uh, your attitude sucks. Everybody's, everybody's taking the short way home and just fucking unstrap the guy and he flies out of the airplane. I I'm just not cut out for that line of work. You know, a hospitality at, at high altitudes is, is reserved for the very few and crazy. So That's why I'll never be a flight attendant. Uh, If you ever listen to this, if I apply for a job as a flight attendant, I'm sure I won't get the job anyway, but that's that's not a worry of mine. To go a little deeper into why I hate flying, you know, it's obviously... It's stressful. It's very stressful. Even if you do it, even if you do it super well and, you know, you're you're a frequent flyer, you got it down to a T, you always bring the same carry-on, you never check luggage, which is rule number 1, never check any fucking luggage. Although I I did have to check uh, a snowboard bag recently. I didn't have any way around it, but you know, that's just kind of how it went. I will say that they've gotten better in years uh, about checking bags. I remember when I was younger that I would go on flights with my family and they would lose like two out of the five bags that would get checked and they would, and, and it would be someplace ridiculous that the bags end up. Like we would be going to Florida and the bag would end up in Minnesota. Okay. My bag would be in Minnesota, but my sister's bag would be in British Columbia. So, I think that, you know, as as little as, as little credit as I'd want to give the airline industries, I'm going to give them that they have made a bit of an improvement in terms of, you know, handling luggage properly. Um, but that's not that I'm not I'm not giving you anything more than that. The, the TSA is basically the DMV of airports okay of airport security you've basically taken people that don't want to work at the at the DMV anymore and put them into like a, a, a very important job of searching security I'm not I, I, I'm not I didn't plan on getting into like an entire rant about why you know the airline industry is terrible but I guess I'll do it the TSA imagine 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 waking up every morning and going to work. And just not giving a fuck about your job, okay? Now that's 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 fine. A lot of people do that. A lot of people do that. I have friends that do that. I have been at jobs where I've woken up in the morning and I've been like, you know what? This is uh, this this ain't it, Chief. You know this is I'm I'm fucking I'm I'm going to take the easy way out here. And you just kind of coast and you punch in, you punch out. You know there are some people that choose to go like a whole career. Of that approach and most of those people are either working at the dmv you you cannot think of a single person i will i will bet you dm me if you can think of a single employee you've ever met at the dmv that has been you know consciously committed to their job performance working at any state dmv i'll fucking wait I will I will wait. I will respond to any DM that you send me saying, "Oh, well, you know Charlie actually, you know, down in Red Bank, he's such a nice, smart guy and he's so a no, 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 no. No, 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 no. Charlie cannot wait to get the fuck out of there and he will let you know. He will let you know at any time that this is a waste of time that for whatever reason he should still be getting paid without doing any work. And this has been a huge inconvenience you bothering him during the workday at his place of business, the DMV. Let me preface with that, okay? Now let me circle back to the fact that the 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 TSA is basically either people who have uh, people who are outcasts that couldn't that couldn't get jobs at the DMV, or people that that have that were the elitists. That have that have left the DMV for personal reasons, or, or for professional career change, those are the people that that work for the TSA. So I wish that we had our best and brightest on that uh, team. You know, airport security is pretty important, but unfortunately, I don't know how it got to be that the TSA has just been like the. You ever see the movie The Bad News Bears? Or um, not even the bad news bears. What's the one with Rob Schneider and the guy Napoleon Dynamite and that and David Spade? That is basically where they play baseball, and they're all nerds. But the nerds have like a comeback, and they have their their big their big day. But it doesn't really mean anything because at the end of the day, like th- they've just wasted so much of their lives being you know subpar. That's that's what it's like joining the TSA. It's like, oh, I get this badge, I get this shiny thing, and maybe for a week they'll be like, "All right, I'm on high alert. I am part of the nation's security team. I am, I am the defender. I am Captain America." you get there for like six days, Monday to Saturday. You don't even make it to Sunday. You'll, you'll be like sleeping on Sunday and say, well, it's, you know, it's the Lord's day. You know, I, I got a rest. You know, I got, I got my talk, t- talk it up, take it up with my union. Just something fucking stupid. The TSA is awful. It's really awful. And the problem is that, you know, it's not like it's not one of those jobs that you can just kind of like slack off at. It's not like you're a receptionist and if you don't, you know, answer the phone that people trying to sell your business like software sales, you know, that that something's going to go like horribly wrong. You know, those people will just call someone else to sell software sales. I don't fucking know. I don't know what those people do or who they'll call. But, you know, if, if the secretary is not going to answer and she kind of takes the day off, it's not a big deal. It's really not a big deal. But, but if the TSA takes a day off, it is a fucking disaster. And I mean, look at it. Look, look what's gotten through security sometimes. I mean, I'm not going to start getting into like attacks on planes, but that shit happens. Okay. That shit happens. And the reason being, not necessarily all the time, but I want to say 99% of the time, when there's only one team that's tasked with security for these planes, that's usually the people to blame. So when you have these lethargic people standing at the airport and basically you go through security and they're like, all right, um, spread your legs, um, put your hands up, and they're like looking over their shoulder, Denise, De- Denise, what else do I, where else am I supposed to check? Okay, hold on. And he comes and like swipes your balls. That's, that's as, that's as thorough as, as we're going to get. And look, that's not to say that I want, I want to get you know, searched more thoroughly while I'm going through airport security. Not that I don't already. If you can believe it, I just somehow seem to have a face for uh, additional pat downs can't imagine why that is but i uh, i'm very familiar with the process and i think that it's pretty lacking in terms of like airport security and personnel really being on top of shit that's i mean i i i've gotten pretty like diverted off on off onto this topic just because i i really think that the tsa is going to look next five years You heard it here first. I wish I didn't have to say this. I wish I did not have to say this. But in the next five years, there is going to be a catastrophic fuck up. I can almost like I can see it in my mind that there is going to be something that gets overlooked by the TSA somebody's not going to be paying attention or they're going to be playing like Nintendo Switch while the fucking bags go through and you know they're really invested in their game of Mario Kart while somebody's like going through going through security with with something dangerous that shit's going to happen. It's going to happen because these things happen as rarely as they do, just as rarely as, uh, the, what did we talk about, the severity, uh, the severe nature of, like, catastrophic events. You know, the, the rarity of that, of someone shooting up a building, shooting up a school, it's super rare, but it happens. That shit fucking happens, and when it does, it is devastating. So to have such, like, lethargic, lazy, uninterested yeah people that are, are the last line of defense for like diffusing any kind of uh any kind of material or you know accessibility to to any dangerous equ- dangerous equipment or or weapons to board a plane with i don't trust the tsa for that i don't and that's part of the reason that i don't like flying i have watched enough bruce willis movies to know that all it takes is just like one you know, very sketchy, like Eastern European person that has a leather jacket on that can turn your whole day upside down. All right. And that's nothing against Eastern European people. If you want to, if you want to kind of take up that stereotype that has been built up, take it up with Bruce Willis because he brought it, brought it to light. I think that the Eastern Europeans are fantastic, but Hollywood has ingrained that in my mind, and I'll always be looking for that as I'm going through TSA. I'm sorry, but that's just the, that's just the nature of it. It's yeah, I pick up on things when I fly, and once I finally get through like the gate, if I'm okay getting through the gate, then you know, then maybe, then maybe I'll get to uh, I'll maybe maybe I'll get to the uh, maybe I'll get to the, the terminal no problem maybe. Sometimes I'll stop and have a beer. Most times I'll stop and have a beer or, you know, a hard cocktail. You know why? Because flying is fucking scary. I don't know how people can say like, oh, I don't mind flying. You know, it's okay. It's, um, you know, it's, it it is what it is. That's my favorite. It is what it is. Like, no, it's fucking not. It's not what it is because if it was what it was then we would still be on the ground no one would have put together this jet turbine fucking piece of aluminum that we fly through the air at like 300 miles an hour at 20,000 feet altitude that's not if it is what it is in terms of like turbulent flying then we just wouldn't have even created that opportunity we would be on the ground still if that's what it was so I, I I can't stand that people that say like oh yeah I don't mind flying you know this is my first time at Disney World and uh, we're really really happy I'm visiting my I'm visiting my uh, sister in law uh, we stay in touch uh, we stay in touch long distance I, I'm 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 gonna try to read on the plane because we both have uh, a book group that we follow uh, this month's book is The Girl. With the tortoise, tattoo, and the kite. If you see the, uh, if you see the flight attendant, could you please get me a Sauvignon Blanc? And that's the that's almost every single fucking person that I ever met that will say, "Oh, you know, I I don't mind flying. I don't mind flying. You know, it's it's okay. It is what it is. You're, oh my god." The more people that I come in contact with when I'm flying that say, I don't really mind flying, I'm pretty good at flying. I think that makes it worse for me. I'd rather have people that are realists that can actually kind of, that I can resonate with, that I can kind of you know build a community with where they, I'd rather sit next to somebody that as we're taking off they look at me and say, this is going to get fucking weird. How weird is this that we're about to do this? Sure. I mean, it would give me a lot of anxiety, but you know, there's, 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 there's misery in, in numbers sometimes. And, and being with that person would kind of make me feel a little bit better. I actually had, so the two flights that I did have, one was to Salt Lake city, uh, in Utah. Uh, the other was in Nashville. So Both flights, I experienced probably top five, top five flights in terms of like the worst turbulent weather I've ever flown in. Uh, Both were pretty much in a blizzard. One was a snow blizzard. One was just a fucking rain blizzard. But there was a time when I was flying down in Nashville that we hit an air pocket and the plane just dropped probably like 300 feet. Just instantaneously, just just full, just down nose, just plummeted, probably like three hundred feet before leveling out, and then it was very clear that we had gone too far because you could hear. I'm in the back of the plane, and I felt everything. I felt fucking everything. I was right over the wheel. Oh, it was, it was a nightmare. But I was super late booking my flight, and yeah, you know, that's that's literally the last seat that they had. So I felt everything i like if the if the pilot adjusted his briefs i felt that shit and we dropped 300 feet And he like you can tell that that something fucked up happened because the nose of the plane is now going at like a like a 70% angle, just trying to like gain altitude. It was oh it was so fucked up. There was there were so many times that we'd hit pockets of turbulence where the whole plane would shake and it would drop a little bit. And I'm looking around and there was this woman that was sitting behind me. That was she was my she was my flight partner. We both or under the exact well, I looked in her eyes and I could I could see I could see that she saw what I saw and what I saw was just a fiery just death a, a, an explosion of just jet fuel and metal and crumpled snack carts oh we made eye contact it was this intimate moment where I, I saw death and she saw death in me. We ended up being fine, ironically enough, which is how I came to still put out this podcast. But at the time death was fucking coming. So it's funny, you know, I I, I mean I tell people I'm not great with flying. And it's true. You know, I'm pretty upfront about it. Um, you know, there are some things that I uh I don't I don't like to do just because of the odds Are Out there, you know, if they're the same people that will say, oh, well, you know, I don't mind flying, though, there was the same fucking people that are going to tell you, well, you know, uh, statistically, driving is more dangerous than flying in a plane. All right. That might be, you know, I I have seen those statistics uh, primarily uh, because after the first time that I heard it, I thought the person had some sort of mental disability. So I had to I had to check it out myself. It turns out that those statistics are legit. They're verified that there are more fatalities in car crashes than there are in plane crashes. But I'd rather die in a car crash than I'd rather die in a plane crash. And I probably I'm – pro- I'm kicking myself for saying that because that's probably how this is going to go down. But, I mean, think about this, right? You're driving in a car, all right? You're, you're driving – you get t-bone fucking sides just just broadsided like 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 you're running back and you finally make it out of the pocket and you just get fucking annihilated by Ray Lewis like like right in the side right in the hip and just drilled into the ground now picture that's an actual mac truck instead of a human bus uh, it's going to get messy okay nobody's going to come out of that uh, for the better no fucking nobody you're gonna be dead. The uh, trucker that has probably either, um, you know, strung out on speed or five-hour energy, maybe a friendly mixture of the both, is is gonna have a very bad day once uh, La Policia show up. Um, but you're gonna be you're gonna be dead. You're gonna be just fully toast. You know, the good news in that is that you're not even going to see it coming. Like, that shit happens in the blink of an eye. You just get wiped off of existence by, by an avocado truck. You're not going to see that shit coming. But what you will see coming is a fucking freefall, just death spiral from two... 20,000 feet of of just screaming and panicking and oh my god you're going to tell me that you'd rat like you're going to take your chances in an airplane over a car are you fucking crazy I get it the odds are in your favor the odds are forever and everybody that has ever told me also that um you know, they don't mind flying i can see them have all like all of them have read the hunger games and they all remind me of the fucking woman that's like the odds are ever in your favor i don't mind flying the odds are in my favor i no even if the odds are in your favor like if something goes wrong it's so much worse from 20,000 feet than it is from like 4 feet from a curb all right and that doesn't even make it any better like the we I made I made the analogy before of like, you know, extreme catastrophic events, like the likelihood of them happening or, you know, it's slim. Oh, well, the, the odds of you getting bit by a shark are so low or the odds of you getting struck by lightning are so low. Like, I'm I'm happy. I'm happy that you have, you know, looked into the back end statistics of this. But tell this shit to the guy that's gotten fucking his bottom half eaten off by a shark tell it to the guy that that got struck by lightning on the golf course like, sure, that that sounds great in theory, like, statistics on paper sound good, but there are, like, real events of this shit happening, and if you end up being one of the the casualties or, or one of the few that gets really affected, you, you are not going to be saying, oh, wow, you know, I'm so glad that I was in, like, the minority of, of the risk pool of that, like, you're not going to be saying that, especially, oh, my God, okay, just to kind of, like, drive it home, so... There are, there's, there's three stages of flying with me. Okay. Or three stages of me flying and it all begins. It all kind of begins and ends around turbulence. I'm okay with the landing and I'm okay with the, the, I'm okay with the takeoff. I'm okay with the landing. You know, sometimes you get real sketchy with the, with the landing. You're like, all right, are we going to fucking nosedive? And you know, am I going to slide across like the tarmac, like forehead first that's, that's, you know, that's a possibility, but, you know, maybe not. Maybe, uh, maybe, maybe I'll be okay. And I have been, you know, knock, knock on wood, every single uh, landing that I've had. So the three stages of flying uh, with me are basically when, you, when I hit a pocket of turbulence. First, there's anxiety. Is this happening? Is this happening right now? Are we about to experience turbulence? check box two as soon as the fucking plane rocks again. Now I have a very firm grasp onto the the armrests, both of them. Imagine riding a bike. I am holding on to yeah the handlebars of a bike with white knuckles for a bicycle that I can't control. I'm just at the mercy of it, right? So now we're at now we're at phase two, which is fear. Okay, this is bad. This is really bad. And so now here comes the, here comes my, uh, very, very vivid imagination. I am, uh, in trouble. I am, uh, there's this is not going to go the way that I want. No, 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 no. You'll be fine. You're going to be fine. And then comes like the self self rationalization of like, dude, this happens all the time. Don't worry about it. And this like kind of coaxing will happen in between, uh, you know, in between Spurts of turbulence like in between rockings of the plane and then as soon as i calm myself down here comes the fucking drink cart flying down the aisle with this woman chasing it and the planes rocking and the fucking oxygen masks are coming down now we have escalated all over again from you know maybe this is going to be okay to fear to like bone chilling cold-blooded fear and then you start to you start to imagine, start to vision how this is gonna go down. Uh, how is it how is it gonna go down? Maybe it's maybe it's a duck that gets lost from its mother and flies into a fucking jet turbine. Maybe I don't know. Maybe the pilot mistook some fucking Advil for Ambien and he falls asleep. And the other pilot is playing Nintendo Switch, doesn't even notice that the that the plane's headed towards you know, a fucking national forest. I don't know. I don't know why so many people in my imagination of, you know, airline employees play Nintendo switch, but something is going to happen in my mind. And I have to, I'm trying to figure it out. And then, so once you figure it out, maybe it's not even important, but all that is important is this, this, this plane is about to drop out of the sky. It's about to take a fucking plummet. You are about to see the hand of God just just palm this plane and fucking spike it into the ground like Kevin Durant. Like Kevin Durant with no mercy just just absolutely annihilate it. And I'm just waiting for the I'm waiting for the tip. I'm waiting to get just pitched over the edge and and just get fucking ruined. Oh my God. And then everyone starts screaming and, 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 oh, so now, now as I start waiting and I'm like, okay, yeah, this is, this is happening. Now comes stage three, the final stage acceptance. I am at peace. I'm ready to go. Like, let's fucking do this thing. No more foreplay, no more bullshit. As far as I'm concerned, this plane better fucking crash because I've already gone through every single like physical and mental psychological emotion that exists just anticipating that this plane is going to get just fucking destroyed so this better happen this this is like all right I'm I'm ready let me uh I'm gonna take my seat belt off let me just get like well acquainted and 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 really kind of I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'll, I'll like fire off a tweet. Uh, maybe call my mom or something. This is this is uh, this is this is standard behavior for someone that is you know has now accepted the inevitable fate of falling out of the fucking air and crashing into you know, a mall parking lot. That's it. I'm 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 ready to go. My body is ready. Fucking take me. No more foreplay. No more bullshit. I am ready to go. I kid you not. Every single time I get on a plane, if we hit any turbulence, there are three stages. Anxiety. Is this really happening? Is this really happening? And then the fucking oxygen mass drop down. Here comes the fear. Okay, this isn't a drill. It's not a scenario. Fucking Jeffrey up front in the cockpit is probably pissing his pants. This is This is probably going to be fine. Nope, we just dropped another 300 feet. Okay, I'm gonna die. Here comes stage three: acceptance. Take my seatbelt off, put on Freebird, and I'm ready to fucking go. just take me. I am ready to go. Oh my god! Without fail, every single time, every single time I fly, I can't. I, 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 that's it's it's brutal. That's um, it's just. So I wasn't expecting to get. Well, I wasn't expecting to get this far deep into uh, into just a rant about airlines and air travel and fucking flights and, and dying in midair. But I mean, I suppose I'll stay on the. Uh, I, I suppose I'll stay on the topic at hand. So I mentioned earlier that one of the things, one of the qualities of of stewardesses or flight attendants or whatever you call them. One of the qualities of, of like a good flight attendant of all that I've met, again, I've only met great flight attendants that are very professional and very courteous. All of them are, are nice, but I feel like they're almost too nice. And I don't know, so I was kind of wondering this, I've been wondering this over like the last two weeks because you know I was out in Utah, which is Mormon country, which I mean, I'll get into that later. But, you know, even the South, even in Nashville, in Tennessee, everyone's so nice. I just went through this weird kind of two-week sprint of of running into people that were really nice, that were almost, and here's the thing, almost too nice. Have you ever met somebody that's almost, like, too nice, and they start asking you personal questions, and at first, you're like, oh, this is new, this is interesting, like, this person's actually... Uh, you know, he's actually curious about where I come from, about what I'm doing here, about, you know, what my plans and aspirations and what kind of dog I want to get when I finally grow up are like, you start asking all these questions. And at first it comes off like innocent. Well, this is really nice. You know, I've never met someone that's, you know, so, uh, you know, so curious and, and, and so open to engaging someone. And then they start like, and then the line of continuation, like the, the questioning continues and it's like, oh, well, what are you doing here? You know, um, what company do you work for? Like, what do you do there? How, how often do you pay your taxes? Uh, you know, what was your biggest fear when you were growing up? And it's like, okay, all right. Well, you know, we started off with light questions that I never asked you. That's the other thing really important to kind of, uh, clarify that when i run into people, like when I'm traveling for the most part, like I'm a social guy. Um, I'm, I'm a very social guy. I'm very interactive. I'm engaging, but for the most part, I mean, if I'm traveling, it, I'm not usually going to get into like this big, long winded conversation with somebody over, you know, Oh, what do you do? Uh, where are you going? Oh, that's interesting. How many children do you have? oh that's that's so odd like who is your least favorite person in your retirement community i don't know what like I, I can't talk about this shit all day and i'm never gonna see you again so i try to conserve my energy when it comes to that but over the last two weeks it was it was just a never ending stream of people that would come up and they ask me these really really uh really personal questions and um like, I was in an in and out in Utah, fucking Mormon country, and the guy starts asking me, oh, what are you doing here? Like, did you come here to ski? And I'm, like, wearing ski pants and uh, fucking, like, have goggles around my neck. I'm like, no, I came here for the tractor convention in, in February. Like, w- what? What? It, 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 that was innocent enough. But then he starts continuing to ask me questions. And he's like, uh, yeah, you know, uh, you know, my, my son, uh, my son skis too, you know, my son, my son skis as well. And I was like, Oh, interesting. You know, that's a you know, pretty common thing. People do that. People do that. Nice. I don't know what else to ask you about your son that you just told me that he skis. I What do you want? Do you want me to ask more? And then there's like this awkward pause. And I kid you not, man, I'm standing in fucking in and out in Salt Lake City, Utah. I'm just waiting for my order. And this guy turns to me and he's like, do you have any brothers or sisters? Are you an only child? And I remember sitting there and I was like, I'm about to get fucking black bagged. When I get to, uh, when I get out to like get to the parking lot, this guy's just going to scoop me up and drag me over to his religious cult of of just like Mormons and you know no alcohol. They're going to they're going to realize that they can't purify me, and I'm just going to be offered up as like a, a temple sacrifice. I I I've watched all of this again, and we'll go back to the vivid imagination thing. I had just watched all this flash before my eyes. I'm gonna get like just this big saber like right in my heart, and they just fucking stab it. And he's gonna look me dead in my eyes and just like twist it and be like, "You should have told me if you had any siblings." So that was my uh, that was my experience in and out in Utah. It was a little fucking disconcerting. I almost lost my appetite before I got my before I got my my meal. It weirds me out when people are too nice, okay? I feel like they have an agenda. I feel like there is something that's going on behind the scenes, like they want something from me. And truthfully, I think it's really just because, you know, living in Manhattan has kind of really uh, hardened most of us. I mean, think about it. If you turned to someone on the subway and, you know what, actually let's not even play this hypothetical situation out. If you're listening to this, I implore you turn to someone on the subway and and just ask them something that's like not too personal, but personal enough for, for it to be a little like super weird. Just turn to them and be like, Hey, what'd you eat for dinner last night? Or like, what, um, what plans do you have this weekend? And the thing is like, both of them are innocent enough questions that if asked by a stranger, it should be kind of in theory. It should be okay that someone would ask you. Like it's a weird question, but there's nothing like wrong about it. There's there's nothing there's nothing like nefarious about it. It's innocent enough, but when people are too nice, it comes off as weird. And so I saw this at um, Salt Lake. At the lodge that we we're staying at uh, to ski, the guys at the front desk, and there were probably three of them that that changed in and out, you know, night after night. And again, I've never met more kind of like overly friendly. Let me lead with that. Let me emphasize overly friendly people than I did in Utah, that were just kind of like too, almost too willing to share information about themselves and ask you, uh, unnecessary personal questions. But the fucking grandmasters of just you really bizarre interactions were the three, uh, employees that, that worked the desk at the, uh, at the lodge that we were staying at. It was, they were so fucking weird. They were so fucking weird. Like I'm talking like get out weird, like get out by Jordan Peel just how did this weird look in their eyes and they would ask these questions I kid you not by the end of our trip there were probably there were 6 of us that were on the trip four of us came to the conclusion we had the same feeling that there was no place in that fucking lodge where we felt like we weren't being watched like we just felt like, we were being monitored all the time. The I forget. I, I can't think of, like, specific things that he would say, but I don't know. We'll make an example of, of uh, you know, we're cooking eggs one morning and not paying attention. So, that, so the eggs go up, right? You know, the eggs go up and, and it gets smoky. We have to open a window. And I don't know. You get to, like, the front desk and the guy would just make a comment and be like, better luck with those eggs next time and maybe scramble them. What? What? What the, what the fuck? I kid you not. There was, there was absolute fear, panic, and, and sheer, like, there was a unanimous, consensus that we were being like monitored in that fucking place. It was, Oh God, it was so fuck. I couldn't wait to get out of there. It was just, people are, people are too nice. Uh, People are too nice uh, out in the Midwest. Again, it might just be maybe New York and New Jersey have kind of hardened me to, to social and human interaction with strangers. But if that is what, if that's what, you know, if that's what unfiltered human interaction is with, with strangers, that's gonna be a no for me, dog. Like, no way, no fucking way. Oh, it's so weird. And people just like ask personal questions. Oh, well, you know, New York must be, uh, New York must be lovely. Do you, um, do, do you see any of your uh, high school girlfriends still from New Jersey? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. What? What, what was that? What was that question? Oh, I'm just, uh, you know, I'm I'm just asking about like, uh, you know, are, are you still are you still in, in touch with people that are close or were close to you in uh in in your life? And I'm like sitting there and I'm like, Barbara, listen, I met you four minutes ago while I was pretending to read Sky Mall. Okay, and I thought you would get the hint of me trying to shop for like fucking. F- 500 watt LED searchlights that I maybe don't want to talk to you and start engaging in this weird line of questioning that you're going to, to go through. Like maybe, maybe this, these questions get fielded better with, with more, uh, with more engaging responses at the fucking nursing home asylum that you escaped from. But I'd rather, I'd rather we just not do this if you, uh, if you don't mind, it's, uh, it's weird. It's people are too nice and, uh, they do things that bother me. Um, one of the things that bothers me as well, uh, this is getting, finally getting off the path of flying and stewardess. And, and one of the things that bothers me as well, like people that are too nice to the phrase, uh, nice to E meet you shouldn't be used. It shouldn't be used by anybody. Okay. It is just, it's an unnecessary thing to say. And I think it's silly. And every time I get a, uh, every time I get an email that says, oh, hey, it's nice to e-meet you exclamation point that for whatever reason, isn't like ruin my day, but it definitely puts it in a different course or a different direction that it was originally intended to be. You could just send the same email and say, Hey, nice to meet you. You know, and it's implied that I didn't meet you in person. I met you on the internet because you know, hey, uh, you're receiving this email. It's nice to meet you through this email. That the implication comes when you get the notification that you have a fucking email. I don't need like the the reminder that I'm reading this 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 note on an electric led screen that this is now an, an e-communication i don't need that but but like i don't know why people just kind of insist hey uh, nice to nice to e-meet you i don't I, that that shit bothers me it it bothers me probably more than i should and you know who sends those emails all the time people from montana and people from Utah. Uh, I've met at least three of those people that have sent me. One guy asked me for my email address so he could like uh, connect me with his connect me with his niece that lives in New York and is pursuing a career in journalism. Okay, let that sink in one i have nothing to do with journalism you can't even call this podcast like a journalism outlet because i don't cover any news there's nothing in here that's relevant there's nothing in here of topic there's really kind of nothing in here of substance if we're being honest so i have no i have no help no ties no no ability to to help out in any way, nor did I ever express that I have any like vested interest in in uh, in in journalism or, or any network that could help in journalism. And two, you're just gonna like Put your niece in touch with with some stranger on the internet. You're going to just put, it's not even niece. Like you're just going to put anybody in your life in touch with a random stranger that lives in the city. Like give them your contact information and be like, oh yeah, you know, I met this guy on a plane. I don't know anything about him. I don't know anything about him. I don't even know if the name that he gave me was real. It was, I'm not like, I'm not, I'm not a fucking sociopath, but Think about that. Think about giving your, the contact information of someone, a loved one to a stranger on a plane after you sit down and tell them, oh, you know, uh, I, I don't really mind flying. Uh, you should visit my niece. She lives in New York. No, you, I shouldn't. I shouldn't. I shouldn't do that. I won't do that. And you shouldn't be giving this information to strangers on fucking cramped airplanes, okay? Oh, man it always it comes back to airplanes it comes back to fucking airplanes i don't i hate them i fucking hate them if they, if they weren't super necessary i wouldn't i wouldn't get on them it's just i mean again think about the risk think about the risk uh, again, it's it's marginal it's so minimal like okay it's minimal but so think about this. Say something goes horribly wrong, right? Say God forbid, and again, plane doesn't crash, but you still have like a terrifying, terrifying, you know, drop off. You lose altitude. Some some you know, mentally challenged duck flies out of the Gulf Stream, like right into the, the the jet burner, and you just have to make a crash landing. Like during that time. I guarantee you that never once is it going to cross your mind the thought that, wow, well, you know what? I'm so glad that this was so much safer than getting in a car because statistically speaking, there are more fatalities in cars than there are on airplanes. That shit's not gonna cross your mind. And the reason that you think it is because it hasn't happened to you, right? So everyone says, Oh, it can never happen to me. It's never gonna happen to me. That doesn't happen at all until it fucking happens to you and you're flying, you're you're falling out of the sky. That is that shit's real. And It's not like I'm not going to continue to uh, fly. I'm not going to do that. I have have to go places. I have shit to do, but I'm not going to get any better about it. Actually, I think I might get worse for like the immediate time being. In my foreseeable future, I'm probably going to be pretty bad for, I don't know, the next 10 years, and then I'm going to get a little bit worse. When I get to like 40 ish and now I have kids. So now it's not even going to be like my own safety where it's like, oh man, you know, like uh, God, I hope I don't die of this plane crash. Now it's going to be, oh my God, my children, like I, I, I I only want the best for like, take me instead of them. And like that whole fucking heroic parental spiel so that's going to be bad. That's going to make it worse. But here's the, here's the silver lining. Once I become like a grandfather or like get up to the, to the olden days, to the dinosaur days, to the geriatric days where, you know, people stopped coming to visit me in the home. Like at that point, if I'm flying, then, then I finally even out and I'll be perfectly comfortable flying because i'll basically just say you know what i'm at the just fucking take me i'm ready to go i probably sleep through it too i probably sleep through it and wake up and i'm i'm flying into yosemite national park and fucking wake up and guess who's guess who's flying right into the fucking parking lot of disney world me your boy 90 year old aj just just ready to rock ready to bite the fucking bullet play that free bird and just let it rip Man, I uh, <laughs> this took this took a full full focus on nothing but airline travel, and I don't regret it. I don't regret it. Um, you know, I don't want to say either that I can't say that this isn't probably partially my fault. A lot of this, a lot of this uh, behavior, these negative thoughts, come from a flight to uh, Australia that I took when I. After I foolishly decided to watch uh, the movie Flight with Denzel Washington. That was probably on record, probably like recorded, probably top top six worst decisions that I've ever made in my life. It was like so, it was so bad. It was such a long flight. It was like a 12 hour flight. And I've watched Flight, I watched the movie Flight on the plane and i Every time we hit a bump, I was like, "I know how this ends. This the pilot's gonna flip it over, and we're gonna do one like we're gonna go inverted, and we're gonna crash into a fucking church." I know how this ends. I've seen this a thousand times. It didn't happen. I ended up being fine, and that even though I got past, you know, I got past that flight. I don't think I ever got past like the anxiety that I I drilled into myself by watching that movie on the plane. If you are listening to this and you have a flight coming up, I would strongly, strongly, strongly recommend against against watching the movie Flight with Denzel Washington while you're on your flight. Instead, I would recommend a more lighthearted movie uh, about, about flying and the joys of air travel. Maybe um, the lighthearted Terminal with uh, Tom Cruise, Tom Hanks. Jesus, not Tom Cruise. Uh, maybe Terminal, which is about uh, a spunky, optimistic uh, foreigner who gets stuck in an American terminal for a foreseeable amount of time that that I don't even get me started on that movie because there are so many plot holes in it. It doesn't make sense that one, you would just let some foreigner run wild in around an entire airport that you give him access to the unfinished part of of the fucking airport terminal that nobody's checking on this guy other than, okay, we can see him on the monitors, but he gets lost when he's in the, the unfinished, like under construction part. It's just this, this crazy foreigner that they can't verify his background. They don't know where he's from. They don't know what he's doing in the United States. He's waiting to get like his visa or some sort of like, some sort of of transit clearance to leave the airport and so now he's just stuck there you they just let him run wild he was sleeping in an unfinished part of the fucking i'm pretty sure at one point he's in the maintenance room and there are like security cameras there like that shit think about that think about what would happen if that happened in real life if there was just some guy they had no idea where he came from couldn't speak english and, and was just, like, running amok throughout the airport, just living in the airport, but had access to all these back, uh, you know, back-restricted areas. Like, this has now gone... It, the, just think about that. It, it, the, the whole scenario of, of this guy running around the airport, some foreign, strange guy, doesn't speak English, you know, very, very excitable, very confusing uses a lot of hand gestures just running around this this airport with n- barely any kind of surveillance sleeping and getting access to construction areas like this has gone from a lighthearted you know family friendly movie about you know the quirky Tom Hanks gets caught in a doozy of a situation to very similar to a die hard movie where there is a guy that is going to cause chaos on the general population in a public place because someone didn't pay attention and do their job of security. And so what I would probably say what I'm going to close off is I know that I know that the die hard movies are fictional. I'm self-aware in in that aspect. But I think that there are very hyper-realistic elements or symbols in the Die Hard movies because in almost all of the movies, the reason that these attacks are able to to kind of uh, develop is because of a lack of security, a lack of competency when it comes to security personnel. And so... I think that translates directly to the TSA. The fucking security in all the Die Hard movies is a symbol of the TSA and their fucking incompetency to, to you know, be aware, to you know be professional, to be engaged. You think that I'm kidding. You think that I'm clutching at straws here. But I guarantee you, the next time you watch a Die Hard movie with your boy, Bruce Willis, take a look at the security. Take a look at the security that fails to notice that there's a fucking bazooka that is in this guy's waistband. And he just lets him go into like the, the a pony show, the bikini and an orphan exhibit at the local mall. And this guy goes in with a fucking rocket launcher and a backpack. You're going to watch that and think, well, if that isn't the darnest TSA moment that I've ever seen, I guarantee it. I guarantee it. I'm going to wrap the podcast up with that. Go watch your diehard movies and tell me that those security guards don't remind you of the fucking TSA. That's all I got for tonight. This turned into a very, very, very specific travel airline focused rant with a little uh, peppering of uncomfortable, uncomfortable moments of kindness. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I'm happy to be back Um back putting out content on a weekly basis this episode's going out tomorrow it is uh february 27th that's a wednesday all new episodes come out every wednesday at 6 p.m uh keep an eye out for next week's episode getting back to the uh getting back to the regular release schedule now that i uh i'm back in manhattan So if you haven't done so already to keep up with all upcoming episodes so you don't miss any, uh, be sure to subscribe on either iTunes or Spotify. You'll both host this channel. And I uh, very appreciate so much all of you that have already subscribed and continue to consume this content. really means a lot. Uh, If you haven't done so, hit a uh, hit the subscribe button on uh, both of those channels to get a notification when the new episodes go live. But that is every Wednesday at 6pm. Thank you all for tuning in tonight. I will talk to you next Wednesday.